Welcome to the Agency to Act podcast. Wow. We have been recording, no. but not recording, for 25 minutes. Well, there we that was some good stuff. That was some good stuff. Brent, would you reintroduce yourself to the folks who uh, who are listening to the Agency to Act podcast? I'm so glad that you're a guest. And do you have another 25 minutes to hang out with us and re-record this session? I do. Yes. So for those of you who weren't in my office to hear what we just did 25 minutes worth of when the button wasn't hit. Yes. Welcome. Uh, My name is Brent Baxter. I'm a pro songwriter. I help other songwriters turn pro by teaching you how to write like a pro, how to do business like a pro. And on a regular basis, I connect songwriters to the pros through my website, songwritingpro.com. There are some people that want to have a drinking game when I say pro. I'm a creative, but also I'm an entrepreneur. We do workshops. We do a lot of social media stuff and blogging and podcasting. I love it. And for those of you who don't know, Brent's my brother. Brent is in the music industry and I'm actually in the advertising industry. And I just left that about a month ago. I was laid off. And so I had a side hustle that I was pursuing and now it is my full-time hustle. And so one of the things that I wanted to do in creating this podcast called The Agency to Act is really explore what it is like to take action on your own behalf. There's so many times and for the last almost 30 years, I've been acting on my client's behalf, but I haven't always acted on my own behalf. And so now as an entrepreneur, I'm facing what that looks like. And so Brent and I are going to talk today about The War of Art, the book by Stephen Pressfield, and really talk about resistance and what that looks like in the life of an entrepreneur. So what does resistance look like to you, Brent, and how do you identify it? You mentioned The War of Art. And so that was that's where the term resistance comes from, I think. Um, I'm definitely, for me, when I use, I use it in terms of The War of Art, it talks about resistance being this invisible energy field that repels you from moving from a lower level to a higher level. Basically, it only opposes in one direction. It opposes you doing things that will make you and the world a better place, right? And so for me, you know, resistance has taken different forms. My cornerstone is writing songs. You know, that's what gives me street cred for, to teach workshops. And it's not just what I have done, but it's what I'm consistently doing. And that's a thing that can be be the victim of resistance the most for me is that actual creative time. For one thing, songwriting pro, the business is a good chunk of the income. And so it's easy to go, well, I need to focus on this. I need to set up this workshop. I need to get this blog post out, this podcast out, because that's what's going to help feed the family. And that's what can see more immediate results. And so resistance kind of whispers like, well, you can write a song today, but most of your songs don't get cut anyway, which is true of any songwriter. And so I'll spend time more on Facebook and social media engagement, which is good and which is important. But every time I show up to write a song, it's always a step into the unknown. So it's always I sit down. I don't have maybe I don't have a title yet and I have to pick one. I don't know which one to pick or come up with. And so many times when I when I push through that, I'm really glad I did. But it's that step into the unknown for me. That's it's the uncertainty that's and I noticed that in the business stuff, too, like reaching out to somebody maybe I haven't before and anything that's kind of a little I'm not 100 percent sure exactly how this is supposed to happen. That's when resistance really kicks in. And for both of my businesses, it's all the unknown. Because there is no manual for it. I mean, I learn, I listen to stuff, I try to study, be be a student of the game. So it's trying to keep me from writing is the biggest thing. I think for me, I am balancing the aspects of being a new entrepreneur and what that looks like. So my day was 
fairly structured before. Now I'm in charge of making the choices with my time. One of the things that I'm finding is that it is easy to work on the nuts and bolts of the business, whether I, you know, I migrated a website, I updated the copy on this website, I enhanced such and such, I added a blog. And those are all really good things for what I've done. But at the same time, they're not the thing that I know is going to get me to the next step of what I want to accomplish. And for whatever reason, I am finding that sitting down to do the creative work is the hard work for me, possibly because that's not where I've spent most of my time. But I think that's also a lie. I think it's going to be hard to sit down and do the creative work until you sit yourself down to do it. I heard John Acuff talk about that recently. He talked about how, and I love this, he has cues that he gives himself Mm -hmm. to be able to do the work. One of them is a pair of shoes. He has a writing pair of shoes. I kid you not. Where when he's writing his book, he puts on these incredible shoes, but he doesn't allow himself to wear the shoes any other time until the book is finished. Yeah. That's great. I think we it's rituals. Athletes have rituals. A lot of people have rituals. It's funny. It used to be like boots and jeans, you know, writing country songs. I don't care if, it, if we're in my apartment. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting on the boots and I'm wearing them in the apartment and that sort of thing, my pearl snaps or whatever. So uh, I had those rituals that putting on that identity, uh, like I'm a country songwriter that I'm dressed like one. You know, and this is this is my uniform. I'm going to work. I like the idea of cues. I mean, it, for some people, maybe walking up the stairs to that home creative space or whatever it is. I, I like that. One of the other things I noticed about resistance is uh, fear. Fear is something I held on to for years because I had a dream that I would be a writer. Let's put aside that dream 20 years. As long as I don't touch it, there's a possibility I'm a writer. But really, you're not a writer unless you write. It was the fear of this was so important to me that I wanted to do it right. I was so afraid of failure. I was afraid of starting. And I think that's been the biggest gift is recognizing that fear is actually pointing out what I I need to focus on and push through. It's like, I love my baby so much. I want to protect it. I squeeze it to death. Sorry, that's quite visual. But anyway, the hardest part of of writing is not writing. The hardest part of writing is sitting down to write. And writing's hard, but sitting down to write is really hard. That first letter, you know, the blank page bully, I call it. That's that's the hardest part. Over time, it gets easier, the the actual writing, I think, in, in a sense. But the sitting down to write, I don't know if that ever gets easier. I think another thing too with resistance for me is um, is perfectionism. I came from agency life, working in an advertising agency team of people to help me accomplish any creative task. And now I'm in a world where I'm the team and I'm having to readjust my thinking. One example was I um, developed a workshop for people and I, and I feel passionately about this, that you figure out what lights you up and you do more of it in your life. doesn't matter if you're in um, a job, you come up with an extracurricular activity or volunteerism, side hustle, whatever it is, or you start a new path, but you do more of what you love. It doesn't matter how old you are. So I felt passionately about this. I've felt that way for years, but again, haven't done anything. And so I realized I, I had joined a writing group. A friend said, hey, I'm going to start this group. We're going to meet on Saturday. Do you want to do it? And I said, sure, why not? She was so casual and intentional about it. We just got together. And I felt to you what you said, it's life-giving. I felt so energized afterward. I'm like, I want to do that for somebody. So I rethought the workshop that was taking me so long to put together. And I thought, I'm just going to start. So I invited three friends. We did this workshop two weekends in a row. And then I was able to 
get their feedback, figure out the best way to share this information is really an online course. So now I'm revamping the creative, putting it into an online course. But I wouldn't have known that had I not faced that fear, deconstructed all the steps I thought were necessary and just started. Yeah, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things as a uh, to make it go, well, that's just impossible or that's so far out that oh, there's no way I can do this next week. And so I think that's that's a place to hide. You know, I heard the thing about, and it might've been Seth Godin who talked about it, but he talked about the basketball and how we have basically like a perfect version of a basketball, but it wasn't that way a hundred years ago. And if they'd sat around for the last hundred years in a laboratory and said, we're going to design the perfect basketball before we release it into the public, into the wild, we'd have a, a sucky basketball, you know, and it would probably be square. Over time, now we have this amazing basketball because it's been out there. It's been tested and you learn and you iterate. When I did my first workshop back at the time, it was called Man versus Row. It wasn't even Songwriting Pro yet. Again, I didn't have the perfect name, but I had a name that I'd used for some other stuff that had a little bit of brand recognition. So I was like, we'll just use that. And I didn't focus group it. Just like, that's that'll work. And over time, I decided I found something better and I changed it and we're still going. It didn't disrupt everything. But anyway, I did my first workshop and it was on Google Hangouts, which was always janky back in the day. I don't know how how good it is now, but I had been blogging for a little while. I was like, I'm going to sell this workshop. I'm going to do like a two hour teaching on songwriting. And I found some people that would pay me like 50 bucks for this two hour workshop. So I waited till Emily and the kids were gone one night or they were out of town or something. And so I had it all set up, had the, you know, the house to myself. And so we're, we launch into this thing. I'm up in my office and, and I have a setup like on a dresser, like an, an armoire so that I can stand up because I need my energy. You know, I'm bouncing around the balls of my feet and we're talking and all, who knows what was in the background. And, and then it, the feed stops. I got kicked out of my own meeting because there wasn't enough bandwidth. So I'm, I pop into a cold sweat. I grab the thing. I run downstairs where the router is in our living room and set it on the coffee, my laptop on the coffee table and didn't even have like a, a good external mic or anything. I think it was just like the laptop and and was sitting on the couch, like out of breath, like, welcome back. Okay, I'm glad you're still here, you know? And I had the behind the knee sweat because I was all sweaty and I was just stressed out and I got through it. And now it's a funny story. And that was a first and it was the worst. And early on, there were, there were a couple incidents like that of getting kicked out of my own meetings and stuff. And But I iterate, and now I could throw a guitar pick and hit my router because it's right there in my office, which is set up for video. But one of the things I'm curious about, because you mentioned this, like you've had all these opportunities to, let's not call them fail. Let's call them learn while doing, learn while taking imperfect action. So what does that look like today that's different? Because I'm just at the beginning of this journey. And that's why I really appreciate that you're walking alongside me. And we've obviously been talking our whole lives about things like this. But what does it look like that's different now that you're further into it? What is How does resistance sneak in? So for me... The resistance still is sitting down to do the creative work and carving out that time uh, for something that I love. To me, the resistance shows up because it's sneaky, right? It doesn't announce itself. It might be when I'm tired or I just find myself not doing the things that are going to be the most effective. Like, what are the things that could be the game changers for the business that I'm putting off? Because I'm not really sure how to, there's some data points missing or there's, I'm not sure exactly how to get from A to C. I'm not sure what B is going to look like, but I know how to do this thing that I've been doing. So it's easier to kind of do that and get busy in the busy work. And because no one's going to do it for you. Definitely. And so finding that 
that margin to look at what needs to be done. You know, what's important now? What's going to be that long-term big needle-moving win that can really significantly change how things happen? So for a while, I had two sites. I had Songwriting Pro, which was the used to be called Man versus Row a WordPress site. And then I had this Freddie site. And so, and it took me way longer than it really should have taken me to merge those two things. Cause I had to hire somebody to do it. It's tech stuff. I'm not a tech guy. And so I had to find somebody and pay and do the, the financial investment. And that was a form of resistance of fear going, Oh, spend money on this. How fast can I get that money back? And things are always tight and there's never a good time to spend money. And how much is it going to cost and all this stuff, right? I just don't know. And it took a long time because maybe I didn't hire the right guy, but that happens too. But finally got those moved over. So now I have one website, songwritingpro.com. And so I think for me, that what that cost me a lot of time and momentum because I'm trying to kind of maintain and with really with a podcast called The Climb, kind of three different brands, two different websites. It was just so inefficient. And why didn't I just take that bull by the horns and run and do it earlier? I guess resistance. Well, it's funny you say that because I have been trying to figure out the next chapter of my life for several years, several years, and figuring out the exit strategy from the agency and all these things and trying to figure out what I really want to do. I've been around the creative industry for, I mean, for almost 30 years. I was like, I want to create things too. I want ideas, influence, impact. Those are hugely important to me. And so I've got these passions on the side, but they were always on the side. And and I was figuring out like three years, five years, you know, what's going to look like? And I was building slowly for the future. And then the future became today when I was laid off my job, right? Implications of COVID-19. It affected advertising agencies significantly. That happens. It's happened to people across the country. I was fortunate in that I had already done some groundwork, but I had not taken the action that I wish I had and really done as much early as I wish I could have. And the thing is, I could have I really could have done these things earlier, but at the time I was still focused on the comfort and anything that came up, any resistance, I sort of allowed it to to slow down the momentum. And today I'm finding that resistance is going to be there and I'm going to have to push through it if I want something to change. Like the resistance doesn't get to take me down. Right. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say it's, it's hard to stay hungry when you're well fed. You know, when you have that check coming in, it's really kind of hard to go. And, and I really want to leave this for this uncertain thing. And talking, what I've heard before, it kind of gives you a similar endorphin rush to actually doing, to actual accomplishment. And so you get like a good feeling and talking about that book you're going to write. And so I was like, I didn't feel good about, I feel like I wrote a book without ever having to write a book. And so it's like, oh, that's dangerous. So some people say, don't ever talk about it. Just do it. That way, the only endorphin rush you get from your book is that when it's done or doing it. All right. Thanks, Brent. Thanks. Thanks.